Warning, the following audio may contain content inappropriate for a younger audience. Also, spoilers will be included for the most recent episode of Game of Thrones. You have been warned. And welcome to A Feast for Bros. Today we'll be discussing the Battle of Bastards, or Episode 9. Uh, as we like to call it here, Snowball! Uh, <laughs> today we're joined by Jack Newman, obviously. <laughs> Sarah Backer. Howdy. Trevor Flynn. Hello there. And uh, Jenna Daggett for the first time. Hey, Jenna. Hey, Sean. Would you like to go ahead and uh, introduce yourself to the everybody out there? She's actually been in disguise. We just whacked his pecker off. Oh, man, that's uh, quite the introduction. I, I have no other words to say, I guess, to introduce myself than Jack is 100% correct. I just, I, I was there with, Snowball! definitely with Sansa, you know, smirking to myself. So, uh, we exactly. We to be an authentic Game of Thrones, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to go ahead and knock uh, Slaver's Bay out of the way, which, of course, is the, the big scene with uh, in Marine, uh, which with fucking dragons and ships getting burned to crisp. The dragons! Throats getting slit. But let's go ahead and start with uh, the first scene there with uh, with Tyrion, because I know a lot of people were predicting some sort of a confrontation between Danny and Tyrion, and it didn't really look like we got it all that much, though. There was definitely... Yeah, there was definitely a little bit of uh, Tyrion was kind of like everything's fine, guys. It's fine, <laughs> but there wasn't really like from the fire. <laughs> <laughs> like I was confused why she was so surprised the city was under siege. Like when she left, the city was in revolt, and I kind of have to agree with Tyrion. It's not that bad. Yeah. Yeah, No, he did a great twist where he justified the fact that the war was happening by the fact that he did such a good job. I thought that was a great twist of logic. And actually, I mean, I kind of believed it, you know, that um, the masters were just making sure that Marine didn't succeed because it was actually going to potentially succeed in the way Tyrion was running things. I'm already out of tea. And I think... I think that Danny saw um, like truth in it too, which is why Tyrion wasn't in a cell or killed immediately. Mm-hmm. Like she actually mm-hmm. listened to him. I love how violent she was. <laughs> Me too. Like she's never been crazy, but you could see the Targaryen coming through, especially when she was like mm-hmm. on the back of the dragon. She like viscerally enjoyed watching them burn to death. She enjoyed watching the Dothraki burn and. She, she has this, like, drugged-up look, which is cool, but at the same time, it's kind of scary. I was watching Tyrion back away from her, and I was like, yeah, I would, too. <laughs> yeah. Hot scary, but scary, nonetheless. Oh, yeah. Mm. Well, she was so comfortable with the idea of just, like, she's like, oh, I'm going to slaughter all of them, and then I'll burn their cities to the ground, and I'll, like, fucking cut their throats and do all this shit. And Tyrion's like, bro, that's that's what your, <laughs> that's what your dad did. And she's you like, no, it's different. <laughs> He's like, no, it's exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny to me because Snowball is such a big deal, but it's a tiny battle compared to Slaver's Bay. This is a much bigger deal, but it's it's over in like eight minutes. <laughs> well, how different was it from the book? I mean, was there more of an actual battle? Because it was pretty much just a demonstration. 
Oh, it hasn't? No, oh, no okay, it, so it has yet. not. Right. No. I, I think that Jack's right, though, that the significance of Slaver's Bay is so much more than just like a small little battle over who actually controls the North when the North doesn't have a huge significance regarding the rest of the Seven Kingdoms. And so I think it is in, like it's an interesting point that they kind of shoved it all together Whereas I think that her story arc has been moving kind of slow comparatively. Yeah, like Danny sped up right here at the end because it's like over. She is so OP that nothing can compete with her. She has had her lonely walk through the desert as it was. And now it's mm-hmm. time to head to Westeros, which is hilarious because we had a, the magical teleporting Greyjoy fleet. <laughs> I bet next season she's stuck on a ship for a, half of it. So, you know, you never know. <laughs> What, how the no. time dilation is going to work out. <laughs> I don't want to. I mean, that's terrible. I mean, I think it depends on how far they want to keep the show going. Like, if they're going to end the show after yeah. next season, then maybe, no, she won't spend half of next season on a ship. But I've heard there's only going to be, like, six or seven episodes in the next season. Yes. And if, well, I had heard eight, I mean, if, but if I heard that, that turns out to be true, then they're either planning to end the show with a bunch of battles and like this is the finale and so forth or there's going to be a bunch of battles but they're all going to be battles in Westeros and then yes Danny will spend at least half the season getting to Westeros and then season eight she kills everyone (laughs) oh my god I had not heard that if that's true oh my god I hate that Well, to be fair, I heard this from, like, a guy who works at Movie Trading Company who's just a fan of the show. This is not, like, a legitimate source or anything like that. We were just having a conversation when I bought the DVDs for season five. <laughs> Coming back around, like, it's, it's all just plotting time for the fact that Danny's eventually going to come around. I don't think – I mean, the only other, other interesting thing that really happens – because it really just, you know, it is what it is. Like, <laughs> nothing interesting is happening. It's just like, like I think they're prepping Danny just to go ahead and sail the sea and she'll, it'll be however long they want it to be. Um, but what's more likely going to happen is that, uh, w- what do you guys think about Yara and the Greyjoys coming across? Like, because that's the big, that's the significant thing that happened in this episode. Well, the, the, the first thing I thought was kind of interesting about that is that you could kind of tell during that whole interaction that uh, Danny was still kind of taking cues from Tyrion. And that before they kind of solidified the deal, she kind of looked back and it's like, yeah. wait, should I actually like get into this thing or not? And, and he's like, yeah, yeah, go for it. So I think that that's kind of a sign that they're still on the same page, mm-hmm. I guess, in a sense. But um, in terms of like the larger plot and where they're going to go with that, I think it was really just a vehicle for, for them to get ships. I think like kind of the relationship between Danny and Tyrion was probably the more significant thing that happened in that whole interaction, just kind of from my perspective. I mean, yeah, that was clearly the, the thing. And I think the fact that she still trusts him, well, I, I don't know. I feel like they set up a dichotomy that didn't pay off there, Sean. I feel like it just didn't didn't happen. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it. Ha- I feel like there is a big issue that's going to come up between Tyrion and, and Danny later on, and this is just laying groundwork for mm-hmm. it, is what I felt. The difference between conquest and rulership seems to be their theme. Um, and if John is actually the third head of the dragon, I don't have no fucking idea what his head is going to represent. <laughs> <laughs> Being mopey, most likely. <laughs> okay, it's called brooding. That's what makes it sexy, obviously. Is it, not it, mopey. it what makes it sexy? <laughs> 
<laughs> fairness to Kit Harrington, this was actually the first the first episode where I thought to myself, he's actually a good actor. Oh. And that's, no, no, I don't mean I don't I don't mean no 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 don't take that the wrong way. I've always questioned him as a choice for Jon Snow because it's like it's like sometimes like you, you get in these shows and you're like, you know, did you pick a good actress or actor to play the role? And it's like people got super lucky with Harry Potter's, but you got super <laughs> unlucky with Jenny Weasley. Or like you got super lucky with like the Hunger Games and Jennifer Lawrence and she grows up. Like I was kinda like, I don't think you guys picked well. <laughs> like he looked like the part at the time, but like he's kinda broody and mopey and, and to fairness that's the role that he's playing. But this was the first episode where I was like, Holy crap, he really has like like a really like a like an emotional depth and it's just like seeing him in that situation that was just like the ferociousness at the end especially with like ramsey um if you guys didn't know that was my very cool transition to the next sequence <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i think you're right in that a lot of the characters like lesbian diplomacy. <laughs> all right i knew you would have to do it i knew it i knew it i knew it just go just go no, just I'm, go i'm kidding jack we don't have to go over it i just, no, no, no 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 no. i'm I, teasing I, I actually want to get into this i don't know i mean i really don't have very much to, to say except that i was getting flashbacks to the hundred after this with like the arm clasping thing <laughs> of like yeah we're gonna do this we're gonna be partners now and danny's like yeah we'll be partners but you can't rape and pillage anymore and Yara's like, that's what we do. And Danny says, I don't care. You're not doing it anymore. And Yara's like, fine. Okay, whatever. She might as well have said, blood must not have blood. And I know none of you people watched The 100, but it was a bad flashback for the, <laughs> the, for the lesbian in the podcast. I think, I, I, well, I agree with you on The 100, but I think that it's going to be, I, th- I don't think this is going to be a match made in heaven. I, I think Yara and Danny are on the I think De- Yara and Danny are on the same wavelength, but there are so many cool characters in Danny's council that are like opposite personalities, like like Yara and Great. Apparently, Theon now is just in Danny's council. Like, at what <laughs> point in the season? I can't believe we're there. Honestly, sometimes like like the speed of these pawns, I'm just like, you know, like like Theon at the end of last. Theon was like running from Ramsay at the end of this, <laughs> the start of the mm-hmm. season. I don't know how the. Like he he's literally gone the width of this whole entire world in the course of this season. Like it's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, I, literally I everywhere. The, I think the, the biggest issue right there is that you know both of them were kind of negotiating from points of weakness in a sense, and that uh, Yara and Theon were like they had no other choice. Right, they have to like escape from their brother, who's like or their uncle rather, who's going to kill them. So they had literally no choice but to like agree to her terms. While Danny like pretty much needs ships <laughs> and i don't think she was really considering a viable option to like wait for Euron to get there and like marry another guy who's gonna try to you know although yara's willing help, exploit her to her uh... <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> I that was yeah fun. i like i like that that was that, that was good though i'm up for uh-huh. anything <laughs> i did like that i did like it and i think it's I like that Yara is kind of more, it's not so much, um, she's very manly sexual. And I don't know how to, I don't know like the correct term. To I don't it, either, but, like, but I know exactly what term. you mean. <laughs> like she's, it's not so much, she like, you know, you know, like people like make love to women and there's like this, this girl fucks women. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like she's like, who's the, 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 the like the short haircut one from the L word. Um, uh, oh, what's her name? You know what I'm saying. 
Yeah, I think so. Is that the correct one? Well, I haven't watched the I mean, forever. I wouldn't call... She, I don't know she's how... not like the, a bull dyke, but she's got the like sort of choppy haircut okay. and her, her, her thing is just... No, no, no. I wouldn't say... No, no, no. She's not a bull no. dyke. It's like... It's like a... <laughs> but it's like... It's like she's just manly and like... And, but the issue is like she's like pure, pure manliness and she like... It's... I don't... I don't know. I'm going to stop before I like outstretch well, my own you vocabulary. Are, you're talking about <laughs> Shane with the whole mentality of like, I'm, I'm going to... N- not even date women that's too strong a word but you know gonna sleep <laughs> sleep around and assert my authority in the lesbian community that's it N- next season jack and sarah review the elves <laughs> <Stay tuned. laughs> oh my god that would actually i actually think that would be very enjoyable i'd piss you off every episode but it would probably but the l word itself pisses me off sometimes too so that could actually be well that's that's the thing we'll stay in touch okay we're we're very very off topic we are i'm I'm bringing us back guys i'm bringing us back I thought this was a, uh, just the setup, I thought, uh, everything, okay, everything about this was freaking awesome, <laughs> but the setup to, like, how the battle ended up going down, I think the first major scene that we've got to talk about was the War Council, um, where you kind of had Davos and Sansa, and then really that big confrontation between Sansa and John, and, uh, you know, her saying that, hey, you really don't know Ramsay quite as well as I do, while well, John was kind of coming from it, well, it's like, dude, I've been beyond the wall for, like, a couple years now, like... <laughs> I can deal with this kind of shit. But the one thing that really struck me about that whole thing is that, like, she didn't, she still didn't tell him that, you know, that Littlefinger might be coming or that, and, and that just blew my mind because, like, if they, if she, if John would have known about that, you know, they, they wouldn't have had to charge and, like, you could have avoided the whole fucking thing, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> no, well, honestly, from a tactics position, I, I disagree. Like, I mean, the best place. That 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 the best place, like if if the, the majority of the forces were of the Bolton forces were wiped away by the Aaron's night charge into the rear, if that had not happened, the Boltons could have holed up in Winterfell. And God, like the like the Vale is in the north during winter, like they are fucked, dude. Like frankly, like if 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 Sansa had told John and the Vale and like they and the Boltons had known about the Vale Knights, which is kind of unbelievable to me that the Vale has somehow marched <laughs> all the way north with now a single person except Sansa finding out. I'm, yeah, but like, I don't think it's necessarily equivalent to say that, you know, if you if if she would have told John that somehow the Boltons would have found out, right? No, 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 like, no, 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 no. I'm not saying it's equivalent. I'm saying, like, if John had known and then lined up the armies and fought, like, fairly, it would have gone to siege and then they'd be I fucked. think this is a good point. Um to bring up a distinction we've been continually just making thematically that there's this uh, interplay going on in Game of Thrones between passion, fiery passion, like cold calculating logic, mm-hmm. and this was that conflict, I think, again. Is it, this, it, it was. It, it, it kind of came clear to me that maybe Sansa didn't <clears throat> trust John to think that way, the way that she had learned to think from Littlefinger, and that this was her... John's a Targaryen, and Sansa's, and Sansa's a Stark. Starks are cold, Starks are the North, Starks are the and White Walkers, Starks when are... When he lost it and logic. rushed like that and took Ramsay's bait, that's exactly the sort of thing that she knew he would fall for, mm-hmm. and that she didn't trust him I, because I, she knows was, that he would do And it. let's be honest, if she wasn't... Sorry, go ahead. Well, no, around. I mean, that's, that's pretty much my point. And it just, you know, she she won and that right right up to the very last shot of the thing it's it's that cold calculating she's like the lady of the north now <laughs> she's like cold hearted and everything well but. 
I think that's the hard that's the hard truth is John would have gonna fucking lose yeah. guys like yeah. like she she he would have like he would have lost mm-hmm. and then like the like Sansa really saved him so I don't know like how full of bile I could be if I was John because like if you're if he comes back and she's like why didn't you tell me about Littlefinger and he's like I didn't trust you well I mean that I think the lack of trust is bad on her part so like there's twofold here the fact that Sansa mm-hmm. didn't trust him is bad but but John was definitely in the wrong about the battle strategy and the plan like John John might be reckless here mm-hmm. I think is the best thing, well, maybe since coming back from death is the biggest. Usually I think the battle strategy him. was sound. I think the problem was the whole like he didn't expect. Uh, you know, we didn't. Ex- well, Ramsey she was to, right. Like, send no. out Rickon, yeah, right? she wasn't right. He wasn't. She wasn't. He didn't expect Ramsay to play that goddamn dirty, and that's the yeah. thing. Sansa knew he didn't, and he didn't trust her. So they didn't trust each other. Mm-hmm. Is maybe yeah, no. a good way to put it. I think it. that's right. Yeah, I think that's right. On like a yeah. vastly different note, but it has to do with this scene too. And talking, Jack, earlier you spoke about the actors, but why does Rickon look so much like Mira Reed? Like it's it's uncanny. <laughs> when, yeah. Yes, like yeah. when we first saw him, and we haven't seen him in a while. All I could think was like they're really playing up the theory of like who's you know the the whole theory about whose parents are Johns and the the Reeds and all that mess, but it was just it was weird. Like, whoa, I gotta hear this thing. This is this is some tin hat shit. Um, mm. sorry, <laughs> I, I I mean like I don't mean to say it, but like like in terms of like Rickon looking like is it like a mirror? Is it, Explain the theory, because I don't actually know this one. Well, <laughs> I don't know it either. <laughs> okay, the, the theory is, and it really doesn't have to do with Rickon, but it, Rickon can kind of tie into the theory, at least in my mind, so I could be completely wrong. Uh, but the theory is is that Mira Reed and Jon Snow are twins, are Lyanna's twins. And so then what they, they could be saying oh, with Rickon is that yeah. Rickon favors his aunt, he favors Lyanna, and so that's all I'm saying. Like, that's the only connection I made. Just, I thought it was too weird that the actor and actress look like they could easily be twins nah. in real life i'm sorry i think here's the thing i think that's more like between you and me i think that's more supported in the books if anything's i doubt i don't think there's much support in the show or, I mean, no, maybe no. there is other than other than the fact that they look alike but i mean let's be honest like like you know John's John Snow's curly-headed shit doesn't really look like anyone. It's like, I, I mean, maybe that's because he's a Targaryen, but who knows? <laughs> but he doesn't look like a Targaryen either. So Mira Reed, yeah, that's interesting. I really liked. I love how it was such a foregone conclusion that uh, fucking Rickon was gonna die. Like, Sansa's die. right. Like, there's no way he's not gonna kill him. There's no way. There's no eventuality that you save him. Other until like John gets like random assassins to like go. I don't know. Like even that wouldn't work. Like you yeah. know, Arya pops up as a faceless man and saves Rickon. What would be the fucking point? We haven't had like one word of dialogue from Rickon the whole season. Rickon oh, never got a word of dialogue this whole season. Did you see it that joke? Me, where like, he's they, like, they built up the death so much, and it's just like I didn't, I, just, I, could, I didn't feel anything in that scene. It's like. I don't know. I kind of felt for John and like what he was going. I felt for John. Yeah, for John. Because he hadn't seen Rickon in a long time, but I'm like, I just have no emotional connection to Rickon because we just haven't like 
we barely knew him as a character. I really enjoyed well, John's a- like sort of Aragorn for Frodo moment as <laughs> the the Boltons were charging towards him and he just throws away yeah. his scabbard and is holding up his sword. It's- and then it's anticlimactic as fuck because his army gets there at exactly the same time. So he's just standing there like, what the fuck? Like I was, I was ready to charge these bitches and I can't. Oh man, the level of impact in that first fight was so spectacular. Yeah. That was that was great. The horses just like taking people out like motherfucker. I mean that that was like night combat, and that's the thing is like a lot of times like before like we had really good CG, you didn't see like you know a horse charging past somebody would take you out like a goddamn sledgehammer, and that's something that's like it's literally like you're in this you're in this field and these tanks are roving around just like fucking destroying people. And I think that was a that was that was a, that was a I mean we'll get to the battle in a second because like you know there's other scenes that we need to cover on the outset especially with the red woman and some of the stuff going on but uh, when Dad was oh, yeah. in that damn that's yeah, gonna well, be next episode too that's gonna come to home to roost all right I'm getting out of hand Sean keep me on task <laughs> Let, let's go ahead and talk about that because I think that's the last major scene that we have to discuss before we get to the battle itself um, and obviously the the main thing that happened there is that. Davos has this, like, pre-battle ritual where he just, like, walks around and, like, takes shits, I guess, is what they were conveying. Happy shit. And I'm like, all right, Davos, like... He gets sick to his stomach. I don't know. <laughs> whatever, whatever floats your boat, my, my, my friend. <laughs> anyway, so, like, while he's on this, like, night stroll... He, 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 got, he has to go take a tactical battle shit. I mean, hey, you don't want to be doing that in the middle of a fight. <laughs> it's like, he's gonna shit my pants. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, anyway, he, he encounters like the little pyre where uh, where they were. I guess they were burned. Uh, Shireen, who was uh, Stannis's daughter, obviously Davos was really close to her, and he had given her this little carved uh, stag, which is the, oh, the, house, the symbol of House Baratheon. And somehow, like the stag survived the fire, but the little kid right. didn't. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> <laughs> but, but in any event, he was obviously very upset about it. And that wood that has, of... a, has a higher burning point than children's bones. <laughs> it's like no corpse or anything, just like, but that stag. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to survive. Yeah, yeah, but obviously they're setting up some sort of confrontation with him and Mel uh, in the next uh, episode. Mel. The real question is, like, which one of them is going to survive and which one of them is going to die, I think. God, let it be Davos. God, let it be Davos. God, <laughs> let it be Davos. Survive. No, survive. Yeah, yeah. Like oh. Davos, is such a, <laughs> Davos is such a fun character. I'm sorry. He's so funny, and he interjects so much humor into scenes, and he's kind of a third wheel to Sansa and mm-hmm. John that I think needs to exist. Because yeah. Sansa and John are just so fucking dire, <laughs> and it's funny, too. Like, every time he just comes on and he just starts talking, he just, like, kills the room mm-hmm. because, like, Sansa and John are just over in the corner, like... That's not to say it's bad, but it's just, like, it, he is... He is a needed, like, uh, comical, comical third to what's going on in the North because none of it's funny. <laughs> but like, hopefully, hopefully very something. stark, wouldn't you say? <laughs> Jeez. Oh, sweet Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, Back at it again. With oh the God. Bed. I just fell over over here. You can't see. Oh I'm God. Sorry. Oh. I'm sorry. Well, go backwards out of my my favorite pun. Okay, hold on. Since we're since we're bringing the puns out, my favorite one on Reddit was uh, when Davos uh, encountered uh, Shireen's uh, burned corpse. He was Davos stated. (laughs) 
my one of my favorite things is it's like they have their it's like they're having the the showrunners talk to Rickon's actor, and he comes out. And he's like, I'm really excited to be back on the show, guys. Do I get a line this season? And he's like, and the, and the showrunner looks at him. He's like, You get to have one line where you run on it <laughs> and don't zigzag at all. Because <laughs> why wouldn't you zigzag? That would solve that problem. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Well, okay. Just run Time to the to left a little bit. You'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think we, we, we ought to get to the battle because there's I think there's a lot to talk about here, both in terms of like the actual cinematography and just how cool it was shot, but also how I think it was really like the first time we've ever seen like an ancient battle depicted this realistically on screen. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you've had oh, World yeah. War II done really well with something like Saving Private Ryan, but I feel like this was kind of the equivalent of that, but for, like, the medieval battle, I thought it was just really, really well done. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> you are correct. I mean, I think I think that the best thing is, like, the allusions to Kanae and other things, and just, like... Just uh, the funny thing is, like oh, yeah. George R. R. Martin in the Game of Thrones has always been about the realism of like the medieval ages. I know as stupid as that sounds with the story about dragons, but it is it is it is like a realistic fantasy in that it's grimy, it's dirty, everything has to happen in certain ways, and like you really don't want to go fight somebody because it's gonna suck. And this there's no glory in this battle a little bit because it's all violence, it's all unbelievable violence, and like the trampling thing. Oh god, oh, trampling god. Thing. I don't have a fear of trampling. Yeah. I do now. But, like, I can imagine somebody could be uh, just really bad by that. under a pile of corpses. That's almost how he yeah, died. I was finding it hard to breathe watching it. Like I mean, that was. No, I mean, it was it, beautifully it, shot, but like it was, it was yeah, so real. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think I, that's I think that's the thing is like I like in terms of triggering like I'm glad it's in there for me personally because I think that's like that's the reality of like that kind of pincer movement is that the men in the middle crush each other mm -hmm. from trying to escape death like it's just what happens. Yeah, I no, I think that was that was my favorite bit because like if you if you look at like the historical record and what like historians have said about the Battle of Canny, like essentially what happened there is you had like a similar pincer movement. Canet. And uh, it's canny. <laughs> However, you want to pronounce it. Where was it and when? <laughs> oh, sorry. So this is like this is the Second Hannibal. Punic Wars, and uh, Hannibal was like vastly outnumbered against the Romans, and uh, essentially flanked their entire force and encircled them in like one of the only like pure and successful pincer movements in like all of military mm -hmm. history. Right. And uh, they were vastly outnumbered. I think the Romans had. I don't. I don't remember how many folks they had, but. The, uh, the statistic that stuck uh, with me the most is that when they were encircled like that, um, they were essentially, like they represented correctly on screen, is the people who were in the center were just getting trampled and suffocating to death while, because they essentially they have to wait while like the people on the outer perimeter essentially get killed like right off the bat. And I think the statistic is that about 100 people were getting killed, 100 Romans were dying per second in the Battle of Cannae when right. they got encircled by because that. Because it just, it just, it just, just kind of causes, it's like containing a stampede of people that are crushing each other. And the other thing that happens too is like, John even alludes to it because in the Battle of Cannae, one of the big things is that uh, Hannibal set it up so that his center was actually weak. It was traditionally in, um, well, Greek and, and then uh, Roman, in the Roman period of like battle and, and Macedonian battles, like what would happen is that people would, you know, have a heavy center because the center had to hold so that you could attack on the wings you would hold the left wing and attack on the right generally what happens 
what happened here is he he unweighted his center so the center was drove back but the, the wings held and what happens is it creates that bubble and it's funny because john even says that in the battle council he's he alludes to it the then move that then occurs to him though it, this is a little bit differently because it's, it's kind of weird how ramsey sets it up and just the shield people pop up and it's just like stop <laughs> we're in a circle <laughs> and then there's like the wall of dead bodies which is just like holy yeah. crap I mean, I don't know how I don't know how he planned for that wall to be there, but you know, whatever. <laughs> so it yeah. doesn't doesn't necessarily make sense from uh, Ramsey, other than he's taking advantage of what's on the battlefield. But you know, there you go. Yeah, because I think, um, and like people who've studied this say that you know, the probably the worst place to be in history, in like military history, is probably at the Battle of Verdun. But before World War One, like. Arguably, like Cane. the worst place to be would have been at the Battle of Cannae. Yeah. Or like Lake Trasimene. Yeah. Lake Trasimene. Yeah. Just drowning in your armor. Fuck. Another oh, Hannibal. God. Another Hannibal campaign. That was. That's fun. So sorry. Nerd. <laughs> nerd history hour is over. We are the game of Feast for Bros. The Game of Thrones podcast. So, nerd nerdgasm aside, I mean that's the issues. We have to talk to some extent about what happens. Like, and I think the one other thing that I wanted to touch upon was the cinematography and the fact that clearly ninety percent of the season's budget went to this. <laughs> and I'm just gonna say it here: I will take bad CG dragons all fucking season to have another episode like this. I will. I will just do it. I just, you know, it's worth it to me. Throw out an estimate for what you thought this uh, episode cost. I don't know off the top of my head. Um, it I I would not be surprised if this was ten to one the average Game of Thrones episode in terms of cost. Oh wow! I'm well. Think about it. The production values, like you have a shit ton of extras. Um, you had all the CG with Marine too. Is the other thing that you got to mm. realize is that they they did some and th and those were those were full dragon CGs and they did three full dragons burning things mm. like and it didn't require a lot of people but that was a lot of CG work and I know that the, like this whole season's been building or at least Danny's whole line has been building to that moment where she finally mounts dragons and goes down and just like you're just like oh you have dragons yeah everyone else is just fucked mm. you know? like that's that's essentially and and they really put the love into that scene to make it happen because i've been complaining this whole time like no, nothing was nothing's been as good this season in terms of cg as like that dragon coming over the rock in the previous season and um and i think that's the thing is we're seeing now why i think i think that they just uh they have the money for one battle a season and i think they used it correctly mm -hmm. <laughs> So here, here's some statistics just to throw these out for everybody. Good, because I wasn't actually going to fucking guess, Sean, so just tell me. <laughs> well, they, 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 we don't know how much it costs, but here, here's just some stuff, some stats. So there were 600 crew members, 500 extras, oh, just... 70 horses. 600 seems light as fuck to me. I don't know. <laughs> that seems weird. And uh, 25 stuntmen and women, and 25 shooting days, and four camera crews. And what struck me the most is that it fucking took 25 days to shoot that, because, like, there are some entire seasons of TV shows that are shot in, like, less time than, than they shot that one episode. It just blew my mind. <laughs> I mean, I think I think maybe my mind is, like, I know crew numbers for, like, movies. Like, I know how much crew The Hobbit took, so that seems light in comparison. But I think, I think you're right. I think that, I mean, I'm sure, like, the average TV show has, like, a tenth of that crew, you know? So and clearly they're shooting it like an epic short film, and I think that that came through here with the cinematography and the horses and the use of the horses, and the way and and like oh my god that last shot 
with Sansa and Ramsay was just amazing. <laughs> and the way his blood drained over his fingers and oh. she just walks away with that ghost of a smile and the snow's falling and it's just like their wedding. Oh, God, it's so, it's oh, so horrific that. and just tasty as fuck. Wait, you missed it, Trevor? I missed... Um, that's, that's like that the it best, was an homage it's the best or an moment. allusion to their wedding. It looked similar to their wedding. Oh. I missed that. It's the light snowfall. Mm-hmm. It's like where she is behind the bars, and it's kind of an illusion to like. Um, to me, it was an illusion. It was it's like a mirror image. The same sort kinda. of lighting. Not a mirror image. It was just like the way the snow fell. It's just like she was standing on white when she was married mm-hmm. to him. Like it was just there was right, a light snowfall. Yeah. It was dark out, and there was that. And so maybe it just has to be more like Winterfell at night looks like that. Maybe, mm-hmm. but like I, I made an allusion to like wedding vows and stuff mm-hmm. till death do us part. And, mm-hmm. and oh. I was sitting there like, oh, so violent. It was so mm-hmm. great. <laughs> I was really skeptical that they could possibly set up his death well enough to make it uh, cathartic, but I think they did a pretty good job. They did. I just have to give uh, props to the actor who just yeah. played the hell out of that role because I feel like a lesser guy in that role, you know, we'd have just lost lost interest in him or oh, yeah. just thought that he was yeah. like fucking, you know, he's just too ridiculous because the way he's written, it's just a lot to process because like the shit he does is just so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But the actor did such a fucking good job in terms I, I mean, of making him believable. I think that's that's the issue for me is like I've lost interest with Ram- interest with Ramsey in the books a little bit because <laughs> like Ramsey is interesting as like a force of nature that other characters encounter and then other characters have to deal with their encounter with him. Um, so that's Ramsey's interest to me. The fact that like the, like it's it, he's kind of flat. He's just a, he's just kind of a Joker psychopath. But I really do think there was some, especially at the end of this episode when he's shooting arrows and John is just like coming at him and he's like, "I'm always gonna get you. You have nowhere to go." And like when Ramsey wakes up, he's like, he 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 just doesn't believe he's gonna get got, and you can tell he doesn't believe that he's gonna get he's gonna die. Because I think that um like the the look he gives when John just like beating the shit out of him and the look he gives Sansa, I think he truly thinks like Sansa's gonna be his redemption, like his way out of being killed by Jon Snow right there. So yeah. I, you know, like that look, oof, that was horrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then and then like it's the opposite. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like God, I'd rather be beat to death by Jon Snow than feasted <laughs> on my dogs. Like, please beat me to death. <laughs> and I mean in a way he was right, like Sansa was the way he wasn't killed by Jon Snow. He just didn't realize he was going to die so much more horribly. <laughs> yeah, I, I was about to say, like, I, I wonder, like, how that went over with Jon, because I'm, I'm very curious. Oh, I curious. think we'll find out. Like, I, I, <laughs> I, I do There's going to be yeah, some follow-up for that, f- Nick, Nick, for sure. No, no, I think, especially for Sansa as a character, because I think that that's a dark turn for her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> like, that. there has to be some payoff for that. Like, I, I do think she's owed that and like i like i was there with her like i was just like i was giggling like as that man was getting eaten to death by dogs and it's grim. Like, i mean i was i was sitting there i was like hysterically giggling i was like look at him tear his face off we uh, we had different reactions to that scene <laughs> what, what i did find kind of funny is like the dogs look so like friendly and peaceful. Oh, yeah. like you know, yeah like, dogs, and it's like licking his, his face and he was associated eyes. with like friendly dogs and he's just they just like yeah, it, like it bounced into his lap, and it's like oh, like it wants to look him in the face, and then they start like it's like oh no. There was such a great statement there because it's like I, I don't know, I, I'm I'm building up more than I can explain, but like the fact that he, you know, is arguably like Jack said, a force of nature, just to the point that you wouldn't classify him nearly even as a human being, and that, that he, you know, 
that Sanzi used his own dogs against him. Like it, 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 it highlights like the, how he misunderstood, I guess, even a dog's loyalty. I guess, or how he even thought of himself he, as like. This is this is all fear, mm-hmm. and it's like it's like the classic like you know how does the bad guy how does the true bad guy die? He dies because he doesn't understand like the like he doesn't understand society. He doesn't understand human nature, or he or he like he's in touch with the dark elements of it, but doesn't understand that you can't sustain human nature on it alone. And thus, eventually, like all this stuff you do, all this evil stuff you do, like reaps back on yourself. Or in the case of most TV shows, if you're a lesbian, it reads back on you. Exactly. So. <laughs> right. Lesbianism and Ramsey Bolton. It's going to bite you in the ass. <laughs> Not morally, I mean, just in the context of television. <laughs> Unless you're Yara's prostitute. <laughs> Ooh. Oh man. <laughs> okay, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm sorry, Sarah. I realized that was confusing. I'm just gonna. It's shut okay. Down. Go, Sean. What did we? Um, <laughs> what did we think of uh, Sansa's character arc there? Because it's just like the. I was believing it for a really long time that she had just been like so changed by her experience with Ramsay, but to just, I don't know. Like, do you think it was like too much, too fast for her to just like do a 180 from like season no. one? No, to no. Now? Like it was a 180. No. 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 I, I I felt like I feel like Sansa has one of the most earned character progressions of anyone. Mm-hmm. That's what justified spending like, this much I, time on Bastard Bowl to me versus Traders Bay. At least for me, uh, just watching the show is the the trade. Sorry, Slavers. <laughs> I was no no no, but that's such a great title for it. Traders Bay. Everyone betrays everyone else. Sorry, I wish there'd been. It sounds that. like a rum or some shit. Uh. I know, right? Like I want Traders wanna... Bay. Yeah, no, I got the real payoff for yeah, the battle. With I don't. Sansa, I don't really yeah. think. I don't really think anyone's gonna buy Slavers Bay the rum, Sean. <laughs> that has some dark illusions. <laughs> Try our Tuscan wine that doesn't exist, but will someday when we're all rich and filthy, I don't know, dirty as well. Dirty rich, I don't know. Something. Anyways. I kind of disagree with you guys. I don't think Sansa's progressed as a character as much because even back in the first season, she wasn't about her family. She wasn't about anyone except her. And she's the same way this season. I mean, she like think about how she treated Arya the first season, and she was all just wanted to be queen, and so everything was about Joffrey. And now she's the same thing. Like she was willing to let Jon Snow be murdered for her, um, without telling him that um, you know the veil was coming. Yeah, it's dark, ju- actually. Just because she wanted to, she want she was very selfish. She just wanted to make sure she got her revenge. Like I actually, I don't think she has progressed as much. I think she's always been about her. And she still is just about her. Like, whatever will make her ends meet, kind of. Yeah, I think, but I think that's just her character at the same time. She's progressed in terms of her, like, because Sansa was so innocent in the first season up through a couple seasons ago. Literally, her innocence, and she was annoying in her innocence to some extent when she would go and talk to the Queen of Thorns, and the Queen of Thorns, <laughs> she'd be like, she's a rather dull girl, like, you know, <laughs> in that wonderful Queen of Thorns way, and you're just like, yes, yeah, she is dull. Go on, <laughs> Queen of Thorns. Entertain I, I, me. <laughs> I actually agree with Jenna, to be honest with you, because, I mean, if you look at uh, where I think this is going uh, in the next coming episodes, it's like they're obviously deciding that they're going to draw a little bit of a conflict between John and Sansa. And right. I think Sansa really does see herself as, like, the true, like, heiress of Winterfell, and John is kind of like a threat to her uh 
you know, having, you know, taking taking Winterfell back. And I think now that they have, like, Winterfell again, like, the question's going to be, like, who is going to rule it, right? Because, you know, John is still a bastard, so he doesn't actually have, like, legitimacy there. So I think there's going to be some tension there. You're going to have some tension in terms of, like, what Littlefinger's trying to do with his plan. So I, I do think that there's a, there's a continuity there and that she has always been selfish from, like, the very beginning. I mean, I would disagree. I think Again, that the Mira politics could happen the way you're predicting, but I think her motivation was just trying to go home to a place that, I mean, isn't really her home anymore, but I think that was more about it, what it was for her. Not even rescuing Rickon, maybe, because I think that is a point in your favor as far as her own self-interest goes, because she pitches it to John like, we got to go save Rickon, and then once they get to the war council, she's like, he's a lost cause kind of so <laughs> yeah well and i think the funny thing for me is that this totally mirrors Tyrion and danny like sansa is Tyrion here and danny is john and i love that progression because Tyrion is logical sansa is logical and john is passion as is danny and i think that's that's again continuing along with the themes is like you know how does the passion who is kind of in control like i'm sorry john is in control like like the wildlings follow john yeah. like People are. I'm pretty sure people will side with John more quickly than, and maybe maybe the Mormounts, for instance, will be more wanting to have Lady Stark in the position because she's the true Stark or whatever. And again, the Mormounts are probably more concerned about the actual name uh, of the Stark and like who's a direct descendant and who can be married. And she might be a prize in terms of marrying yourself to her would actually get you the North. So that's you know, she is now well, the most eligible bachelorette in the North. Take it is, away. But, but remember bachelor. that. Um, that like the power broker here is Littlefinger because oh, he probably fuck. he's got more uh, you know troops than the Mormounts and the Wildlings put together probably times right. two. Right. So it doesn't really matter what they want. Like it's all about what Littlefinger wants, and I think that was his whole angle in deciding to come up here. Is yep. now he's like a huge power broker in terms of deciding like who's going to be in control yep. of the North. And, and that the question is like, what the fuck does he want? <laughs> You're correct, but I think I think he's it's and I think that's the thing is Littlefinger is going to put a, a knife as quickly as possible into Jon Snow's back, not knowing that Jon can always come back. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I do expect Jon to die at least one more time and come back before Melisandre dies, which is interesting because I mean I, that kind of was. I feel like that's predicted in next episode is Melisandre dying, but you know we'll get there. I do feel like a fuck ton of people are going to die next episode. Probably, though. yes. I do, on I that agree. note, just want to bring up that I was so right about the casualties on um, John's side of the Bastard Bowl battle and that the major, the only major big casualty we had really was the uh, the biggest guy on the battlefield. Mm-hmm. The poor giant. 1-1! One, 1-1. One. Oh. One, one. <laughs> <laughs> Such a good giant death. Like, he was going down and John reaches up for him and Ramsey just shoots him in the goddamn oh, yeah, eye. And I was like, why didn't you put this guy in a helmet? <laughs> <laughs> like, all you needed was some metal shoes and a helmet and that shit would have been over. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> Dude, how many arrows did that guy have in him? So like, that was freaking ridiculous. You that was just some like, Boromir level right? shit. Like, it was. <laughs> <laughs> and like when he it, didn't want, like when the spear went through his hand on the gate, I was like, okay, that's hilarious. Like I was laughing. I'm sorry. Oh, I, was, God. I, oh, yeah. I, I was like in a fugue state watching that battle because like by the end of it, I was just like, holy fuck. Mm-hmm. And then like you're going up to it and you're like, just kill him, just kill him, just kill him, just kill him, kill him. <laughs> and then yeah, you're like, it, what it am is I funny saying? to me, Trevor, how you're like the only major death, but like 
God, there were so many. There was such a bloodbath. Oh, no. I mean, so just in deaths. terms of, like, <laughs> noticeable characters. Like, Tormund, you had that moment where you thought Tormund was going to die, and then they were like, pull him back, pull him back. <laughs> I thought Davos was going to die as soon as he decided to charge with the archers. I was like, bye, Davos. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm surprised yeah. he survived, this was... too. That's what I mean. He's got to have payoff with Melisandre. That's the fun thing about this episode is like I feel like I feel like we're at the point now where there's like there is a more traditional narrative at play in the Game of Thrones. Like we're pretty sure John is the prince that is promised. So like at this point, like the retainers that he retains, sorry, <laughs> but um, but the retainers that he has, they feel more permanent, yeah. and to some extent, like they have like the issues they have, you imagine them playing out more straightforward. Than what has happened up to this point. You imagine, you imagine him, you know, them having to like, like Davos is not going to die because he has to have a reckoning with Melisandre. Like that's mm-hmm. the thing. Like, or I think or, at like, a certain I, point though, like I think you're right, but I think at a certain point, like John has to lose his get out of jail free card basically, and that is Melisandre because at this point she has to die. She has yeah, because he and and one of the things that I think kind of that goes towards the argument that like she's going to die next episode or at least in the near future is that. Uh, my, my the the reason I thought she was going to survive is that you know there's I feel like there's so much more of her character that's not really fleshed out and yeah. about the red religion generally, but now they have like Kinvara down south to perform that same function, so we can still learn more about like the red priestesses generally, and we don't really need Mel. But then why were we told so, how what her real age is? Was that just a kind of a taking off like yeah. of like how powerful she actually is? That it's a lot of illusion that she doesn't actually have any power, like she was explaining to John Ooh. last episode, or what? Why do we? So have there's, to know a, there's a really interesting theory um, that I'm just going to throw out really quickly that uh, that I that in any way that so the theory is this that the witch that uh, predicted uh, Cersei's prophecy is actually Melisandre, Ooh. and then that could come out yeah in the yeah. next episode. I've heard that one. Um, I, I don't know. I don't, doesn't have. It's. Mm, I don't know. I, there's no way Melisandre could teleport to King's Landing, even in this show. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, like, I, I oh well, this would have been in the past, but yeah, I think it, it might be like a flashback a or something. Yeah, but that doesn't have any. That doesn't have any relevance to the plot now. And that's what I was going to say. I don't think it. It matters so much. Like it's cool just because. Like oh look how everyone's related and linked together. But at the same time, like it really doesn't matter who the witch was that told Cersei yeah. her prophecy. Mm-hmm. You know. Right. And I think that's the thing is like the Valonqar has to kill her and so like she has to do something to make Jamie want to kill her. So mm-hmm. next episode he, motherfucker's gonna blow up the Sept of Baylor with wildfire. Mm-hmm. Someone suggested <laughs> well, to me that Melisandre go. might be a Targaryen and at first I was like, nah, there's no way but then no. I don't know. I mean if she's really old, like she might not actually be a redhead, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that sounded a lot less stupid in my head. It's okay. <laughs> no worries, no worries. I think I think for me like I'm kind of I feel like for me Melisandre's played out a little bit. I agree with that and I think that that war council needs to be pared down a little bit. So I'd rather have like a like a moment with Davos getting some revenge for Shireen mm-hmm. for me. That that's there was no purpose to burn a little girl to death otherwise for me. Yeah. yeah. I know that was more can... character motivation for Stannis, but at the same time just why you can tell too that like i think melisandre's losing i don't think she's necessarily lost her faith but you can tell that she's not necessarily as like devoted to the red religion as she's been before especially that scene with her and john where 
she's predicting, she's like, well, maybe I just brought you back to life and then you're going to die at this battle. And John's like, well, what god would do that? And she's like, the one we have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think you, yeah. you, you've, you've seen that she's lost a little bit of faith in like her I, I, religion. Faith, and her faith is the wrong term. She doesn't trust her religion, but at the same time, like, I th- she believes that, that the god is there. She's just not sure he's not a dick. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Faith isn't like, really a, like, an issue in a universe where gods perform miracles all the fucking time. <laughs> right. I think the the issue is is he he is he a fucking you know madman with a magnifying glass is probably more what you're yeah. thinking. So um, yeah, no, that's a good point. You know, magnifying well, let's, glass. Let's, he's gonna start a fire. <laughs> let's go ahead I'm and good. turn to predictions because I feel like we're gonna spend a lot of time on this. So I'm gonna give everyone the chance to kind of give a prediction that we think is gonna happen in the season finale. Um, and feel free to take a little bit more time on this uh, than usual because this is the season finale. And I think a lot of shit's going to go down. So yeah, uh, I think we should have, we should have good back. Oh, I'm starting. Okay, well, I'm going to say the obvious thing, and I I, I don't know like if people want to take variations or want to bet against me on this, but it's pretty much confirmed for me. There's no fucking reason for Tyrion to have that outside line comparing her to the Sept of Baylor and saying the Sept of Baylor has wildfire underneath it. Like, there's just no reason for that line to be there other than the preface for the fact that Cersei's going to blow up the Sept of Baelor. That's her plan. I think, um, I'm, I don't know the function of what's going to happen. Um, so here's the thing, like she's got to try to get in there and it's probably going to do the trial. The, the, the preview didn't show her going into the Sept of Baelor. So it showed her kind of coming about. Um, so she's going to go to the trial and then she's got to exit somehow. And she's got to make sure Toman's not there is the big thing. So, there's going to be some sort of fucking machinations with Toman there. And my biggest belief is I think what's going to happen is that it's going to fuck up somehow. The wildfire is going to go off and Toman's going to die. I mean, it is called wildfire. Yeah. It's, it's, it's thematic. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I think that's, that's just the only thing for me that's really going to happen is that, you know, Melisandre's going to die. Like Davos is going to somehow kill Melisandre or there's going to be some sort of reckoning. And uh, I think the biggest thing here is there's going to be some sort of final hint in reference to uh, there's going to be some sort of final hint in reference to the White Walkers coming over the hall- wall because we haven't seen them all season. And I well, think that's, that's not honestly true. We've the next seen them st- during the season. Have we? Well, we, I mean, we have seen them all season, but like we, we've not had a peep out of them really for quite yeah, a while now. Yeah. Like we've seen them all season under Bran, we need to th- we need to feel them as more of a threatening character, and there yeah. also has to be more of a pickup because we've just left Bran in the dust for a yeah. while. So I think yeah. the other thing is like I think we're gonna get one final, um, you know, Bran looking back to the past. Like maybe like there's got to be one final crazy season moment. So mm-hmm. there's either there's either gonna like Bran's gonna go back to the past and reveal something crazy. I'm not sure what that's gonna be. I think it might so, be I, who was I in think the tower. One big theory confirmed yeah. about the past. Yeah, so the here's, tower of Doubtful. Just looking at the, uh, before everyone makes their predictions, looking at the cast list for next time, pretty much everyone's cast. We've got, uh, yeah, I saw that. We've got the, uh, Dorn, the Dornish folk are cast. Oh, uh, Young Ned. Yep. Uh, Young Ned is cast. Oh, and Bran is cast. Um, so, uh, Littlefinger's cast. So, like, literally, we're going to see, like, at least every single plot line. Oh, and the Brotherhood Without Banners are cast. So, mm. they will show us everything and at least try to tie up everything with a nice little bow. So That's, that's kind of sad to me. I'd, I'd rather... I'd rather have I I have to admit I love it when Game of Thrones like focuses on like two or three fucking areas you know like I'm not I'm not like I bet you we're gonna get like a fifth like the most chunkiest bit we're gonna get 
probably next week is probably 20 minutes of whatever the fuck it happens in the Sept of Baylor. Mm-hmm. So is Daenerys yeah. cast? I think it'll be. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, I kind yeah. Of- yeah, I kind of thought they were going to be done. That was kind of a nice way of like, yes, she has ships now. She has dragons now. She's coming to Westeros. Yeah. I would fucking probably want just, a phrase cast, too. That's yeah. Just like... yeah. <laughs> probably just two minutes of pussy eating, probably. most likely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they did promise us that in the uh, season trailer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to bring the bring to be the bring. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe I was the only one that remembered that. Oh. No, I think that was just Yara making out with the prostitute. They don't show her making out with Daenerys. Oh, yeah, good point. Good point. Good point. Well, the, the whole point, this season's been low on sex. It's it's all nice. sex. Maybe, maybe the last episode is just everyone in all plot lines having sex. Like, that's what's going to happen. And that's why they have all the characters. They don't need to take 20 minutes anywhere. You can just keep flashing between, like, fucking. That's all they need. Mm-hmm. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. <laughs> all right, all right, uh, Trevor. Let's uh, let's hear your prediction. Oh, I don't have any. I'm I'm, I'm satisfied that I was right about one thing. <laughs> <laughs> Trevor's like, I'm right. I'm out. That's all it need to be. <laughs> I'm out. Sleep all, motherfucker. Three, 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 three. <laughs> all right. No, seriously, I'm good. Are we gonna wait? Wait, wait. Is uh, Arya cast next episode? Are we gonna see any more Arya? Yes. Yes. yes Arya is cast. Oh, okay. We're gonna have and we're gonna have some stupid shot of her on a ship. Again. <laughs> She's gonna be already back in Westeros. Yeah. What's wrong with you? All right. Uh, is there Sarah? any chance that Arya could could hop on the same ship with, to keep um, with Daenerys Sorry. and Yara? That's what I was just thinking. Because, I mean, they're so great with teleportation now. Like, next episode, we could see them making a quick stop off in Braavos. And then little Arya be like, hey, y'all going to Re- Westeros? Let me come. Yeah. That would actually be a powerful moment and a great way to wrap that shit up. Because I'm pretty sure she's gone from Marine. I just don't know what the fuck she's going to do in Marine. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like what? Like, what? How is she going to, like, leave it, like, controlled? Like, I just don't even understand. I don't know. Well, god damn it. This is what like kills me about Danny. She like goes in there and just like kills everybody in in charge and then she's like, "All right, I'm out." Like it can figure itself out at this point. Like fuck that shit. I'm like, "Come on." Well, <laughs> I, be I, let's, let's be honest. You're far more logical and in the Tyrion side of things than you've ever been at a Danny, and that's the thing is you want to love Danny. Danny's the conqueror. Danny's the Alexander. She's not the She's not the, you know, the unbelievable sexiness of, you know, the the correct ruler, as it were. <laughs> I make She's not an Antoninus Pius or some shit from, like, the, <laughs> the golden age of, like, the, Nerdiness. the Roman Empire. <laughs> there's no chance. See, she, but we don't remember. There's no chance. We don't remember those people from history, which is sad. There's no chance Sorry, that, like, Sarah, leave Dario there to rule or something like that. I mean, I think it was teased in the trailer, like, a sort of touching moment between the two of them. What is Dario good for though? Besides like it's fighting Dario. people, would he be good as a? Yeah, I, I I wouldn't put Dario in charge of crap. Like you know, you're gonna come back and <laughs> like, like, this is gonna sure. be the town. This yeah. is gonna be the yeah. town of uh, the town of hookers and wine or hmm. whatever. I don't I don't remember what the quote. I is. am the god of tits and wine. T- tits and wine. Tits and wine. It's gonna be tits the town of tits and wine. That's what Dario is gonna be. Yeah. Yeah, well, Trevor just made a good point. She could leave Missandei there, but Missandei won't want to leave Grey Worm. But she might for her yeah. Yeah. And it will be sad we for all had of us nearly enough. for the ship. Well, like, it might make sense for them to shed some of Danny's cast if she's going to take yeah. on some more cast. Yeah. 
So, like, it might make sense for her to leave Grey Worm and Nisende and take Dothraki, because mm. I'm not leaving the Dothraki in fucking, <laughs> uh, in the Marine. So she might just, like, you know, this is Marine, this is where I live, Nisende, take, take most of the Unsullied, keep them here, and uh, rule the city and make that good, and then I'm going to take the Dothraki across the ocean, and we're going to go attack some other people. So <laughs> I, I think that that would make sense to me. Frankly, like, the good decision is to leave Tyrion there, but I, I understand why she wants to take him. Well, no, she needs him for the Seven yeah. Kingdoms, I think, yeah. like, especially for the politics. Yeah. Yeah, it would be kind of, I don't know, it's just, like, I don't see, like, what good it would do to progress the plot line to, like, every once in a while in, episode, in Season 7, just, like, flashback to Missandei and Grey Worm, like, chilling and running. <laughs> like, like, what are they going to do? <laughs> yeah. But anyway, know, probably uh, with their... Uh, oh, Go Sarah, ahead. I just wanted to uh, give you a chance, Sarah, if you have a prediction for uh, next uh, next episode. Oh, well, I mean, I, I guess I, I weighed in a little bit out of turn on right. Marine just now. Um, but something we haven't talked about is it looks like Littlefinger and Sansa are going to have the DTR conversation, <laughs> of, so to speak, of, you know, what do you want from me? And I thought you knew what I wanted and this and that. And so I guess it's going to be kind of Sansa has to make the call of do I marry Littlefinger because he is... Um, he's useful, or do I not? Because he's a creepy old man. Um, <laughs> at least from her perspective. Man. So she could really fuck John over here. I wonder if that's where that's going. Could be. Well, I mean, if she married him, like he is though, technically but... Lord of the Vale right now because he married Lysa Aaron. So if she did marry him, then she would be like the Lady of the Vale. And I suppose if she wanted to, as soon as the marriage mm-hmm. happened, she could kill Littlefinger and is then just be in charge of everybody. He, well, he's not though. It's, uh, it's Robin. It's, yeah, it's, it's the Robin. He, he, he is just, by just, proxy, but mm-hmm. yeah. right. But he is by proxy of the Vale as well as probably if he marries Sansa, being truly the Lord of the North. That that that's messed up. I don't. I cannot. I cannot. I cannot see anyone in the north obeying Littlefinger. <laughs> no, because I, I, I. You need I to see. Him. You see, just Tormund being like. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's. I actually can kind of see what Littlefinger's doing here because he already has complete control over Robin, and if he had, he thinks he has control over Sansa, and if he if he like marries the two of them, he's like perfect. Like now I have like control of basically the north, um, and then he's trying to do something down south in terms of like. You know, he's helped out the Tyrells before in terms of killing off uh, Joffrey. So he would have his uh, his sides reinforced. And that's always been Littlefinger's thing is that he, like, wants to play the board. And then if one situation doesn't end up working out, like, he's got some, some other alliance to fall back on. So I, I, I totally can see him doing something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think, frankly, like, I really cannot imagine any other way but, like, Littlefinger taking opposition to Danny and various killing him in some form or fashion like that's just what i want you know (laughs) (laughs) i really i really want uh want various to just come and be like oh you like those balls bye i don't know why that's (laughs) (laughs) that's not even uh, that's not even like earned by the show i just want it to happen and (laughs) we've come full circle from uh, your introduction i think We're well, unmanning uh, people again. It is Game of Thrones. <laughs> Jenna, do you wanna do you wanna chime in with a prediction for next uh, episode? Sure. Um, I actually, I really do think that Bran, the vision we're going to see, is going to have to do with the Tower of Joy. I think they've really alluded to it a lot mm. this season, and I think that would be like the big theory that they finally set to rest. Um, 
I also think especially it kind of ties in with the John and Sansa part because they're burying their brother. So I think, it, and with Littlefinger being there too, it would kind of tie up a lot of the little pieces that are out there, especially since we're going to see most of the cast um, next episode. I think that would be one of the big like finale moments um, and then a lot of people think Sansa's going to die this episode. I think she'll die probably next season, so I'm not placing a lot of weight on that yet, but I do think she's one of the ones who will, who will die relatively soon. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, it's, it's a hard one to predict. Like, I feel like I've never had such a difficult time predicting what's going on, because I think we, we know it's probably going to happen with like the two major plot lines we saw, but in terms of like what's going on with... King's Landing and what's going on with the phrase and like we're apparently we're going back to Dorne like <laughs> what could possibly happen in Dorne <laughs> like I just <laughs> it's it's just hard to call it I think actually... obviously it yeah go ahead Sean sorry oh no I think I think obviously like the, the majority of, of what's got to happen uh, is going to take place in King's Landing like it looks like there's going to be some sort of like calm like you know we have to do the trial for both Cersei and for uh, fucking what's his name the other uh, Tyrell Loras who's been oh, <laughs> in prison <yeah>. forever <laughs> so that I think that's going to play a big part in, in what happens but obviously something has to go to shit for uh, Cersei to just like lose everything and just decide to like burn the city to to, to flames but uh, obviously no one said this yet but I think uh, Bernie Sanders is finally going to kick the bucket <laughs> uh, that's, I think that's a foregone conclusion my thing is does Marjorie kick the bucket See, I just—I would like it to happen just so that your boner would die for the rest of the show, <laughs> <laughs> and then my my uh, gore boner would reign supreme. <laughs> yeah. Long live those dogs! Sorry. Um, with yeah, knowing with Dinner? knowing that the sand snake or someone from Dorne is going to come in, do you think maybe uh, the Queen of Thorns went to make like an alliance with Dorne because they're trying to raise an army, and then maybe that's what puts Cersei over the edge—is that like she loses even mm. more control? Um, in King's Landing because now Dorne and the Tyrells are, are united, like, being against her. That would be interesting. Um, I can't see things- it from the social context of, the, of like, because the Dornish hate, um, hate the Reach, and that's mostly because, like, they've been raiding each other for centuries. Yes, and I understand that, but... It, yeah, I just, I'm not you, really, I'm trying to just pull like the pieces together because I don't, I'm right. not, I don't get why the sand snakes are there unless like, you know, Danny teleports into Dorne no, and it makes you. an alliance. Um, but it has to be some, and because remember there was that weird look between the Queen of Thorns and Marjorie and then the Queen of Thorns like took off. So I think like, I'm just, I mean, it's a, it's a long shot definitely, but it would be interesting twist. And the thing is, I know that the Dornish yeah. hate the Reach, but I think that, um, Sand Snake Mama, I forgot her name. But the point is, her love. Ilaria. Yes. The point is, her lover died basically at the hand of Cersei. I mean, very indirectly, yeah. of course, but he died in a trial by combat against someone who was fighting for Cersei. So she would fucking hate the Lannisters, and it would be very easy for Elena Martell to come in and be like, hey, want to kill some Lannisters with us? She'd be like, yeah, of course, let's go. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, for what it's worth, Elena Tyrell is cast for the next episode. There we go. So that could oh, be. Oh shit! Oh, that's good. <laughs> She's gonna come back in. So My favorite. I think that's actually a pretty good solid theory. All right. Well, I think that's gonna bring us to a close. For good, because uh, I have to poop. <laughs> really? Jesus Christ, guys! You don't even know. My dog. Thanks is, like, so much around. for uh, like, happy yeah, shitting, man. Jack. Ooh. 
I'm gonna go shit in the woods and then go battle people. There we go. Battle shits. That's a thing. Well, thank, thanks for joining us for our discussion on the Battle of Bastards. It was a pleasure, and we're looking forward to having you next time while we discuss the season finale, which will be the winds of winter. Till next time. Smoke bomb! <laughs> <laughs>